One time, me and my granny went to the grocery store in Detroit, Michigan. It was about four blocks from where granny and my step-grandpa lived on Lebanon's Avenue. Granny had a pull cart with wheels that I helped her pull. Granny had sent money to my mother in Great Snob, Kentucky, where I lived, to pay for the bus ticket for me to get to Detroit. At the time, I was about 11, 12 years old, and not seen my granny in about 10 years. As we arrived at the store, I was amazed at the size of this store. My granny told me she laughed at my bugged out eyes that they called it a supermarket. So we went to the supermarket, and the first thing I remember was the mellow music that was coming from everywhere. I could not believe all the food that was on the racks and in boxes and cans and the size of the place inside was large as half the community where I lived at. The only kind of store I'd ever been in was the old time general store where the only source of warmth came from a pot-bellied stove in the center or the market you had to get close to stay warm. We made our way to where the bread was, and I'd never seen so much bread in my life. And I kept looking for bunny bread because that was what we used down in Harlan County. And I couldn't find it nowhere. And I kept looking around for some uh, soda pop. And I asked my granny, I said, Granny, ain't they got no bunny bread here? Or no soda pop? Well, she laughed and she told me, why there was no bunny bread and that pop as I called it was called soda. I remember this time with my granny fondly. But I remembered it most of all for the new things I experienced. Up until that point I had thought that everybody lived the same way that I did. I didn't realize that there were things like supermarkets with all kind of food, warm air coming out, and music. I don't think nothing of going to the grocery store today, but back then it was something that was exciting, kind of a, like a miracle for me. listening to Shoe Buddy Higher Ground Radio. This is the second half of the Man, Miles, and Papaws episode. 
In the first half, you heard stories from Shoe Buddy staff, monologues and dialogues from Fog Lights, a higher ground play, and stories from grandparents and grandkids. In this half hour, we're going to continue to hear about the important role a grandparent plays in the life of their grandchild. You just heard James Trosper tell a story about visiting his grandma in the big city. Shoe Buddy, that must have been quite an adventure for James. Although grandparents often play the role of the spoiler, a parental figure with more candy and less rules, many grandparents in our region take on a more responsibility. Up next, you'll hear a monologue from Higher Ground One about a grandparent with a heavy load to carry. Nowadays, parents get in trouble, and the grandparents, if they're able, take the kids over and try to do the best they can by the children. For the past 20 years, I've been serving the Lord. He grows sweeter every day and gives you the joy and peace it's in your life. I have four children God gave me, then 12 grandchildren and eight or nine great-grandchildren. I've been through some bad times with them, but I've been through some good times. The Lord says, consider it all joy. If you start talking about my story and the story of a lot of grandmothers in and around Appalachia, we have a lot of us grandparents who are taking care of our grandchildren. At one point, I think I was researching and found out that up to 50% of all grand, of all children in Eastern Kentucky are being raised by their grandparents for various and sundry reasons. My youngest son actually has, he has two biological children and one child that uh, was born during the time of the marriage that has been later determined was not his biological child. Most of the time during his relationships with the women who gave birth to those children, he couldn't deal with them and they couldn't deal with the kids. They were young, they didn't have a lot of knowledge, but they didn't, they wanted to do it themselves. What ended up happening was that they came and stayed with us quite a bit. You know, I grew to have really close relationships with all those children. You know, I would get word from people that the kids weren't weren't bathed, weren't fed, were being, you know, yelled at or or in some ways not in healthy situations. I tried going through the legal manipulations to get either more visitation or get custody of them and we were not able to do that and for the most part we've lost those three children to ever being able to have a participation in their lifetime and that's really hard. While we were going through that legal process I started meeting with a lot of other grandparents who were in the same kind of situation that would tell me about you know their their daughters their sons were on drugs or had just left the children but when they ran out of money they would come back to get them and we searched for ways to legally make changes in this situation to either give grandparents rights or to make it so that grandparents if they wanted that they would have some legal recourse when they saw that their grandchildren were in dangerous situations and nobody in the legislature wanted to take up that gambit. It is a very frustrating, draining 
event that a lot of times just sucks the life out of you. I can look back on my grandmothers and a lot of times they could teach me things or reach me in ways that my parents couldn't. And they were the ones that really did give me the love, you know, unconditionally. They helped to mold me into the woman that I am today. And I guess that's what a lot of us grandparents want to be for our grandchildren. Sometimes we're not allowed to do that, to just, you know, be the grandparents because we're forced into that parenting role, which is different. Just because you're a grandparent, that doesn't magically make you into the perfect person. But in the cases where there are grandparents who can and would and maybe should be more of a part of their kids, their grandchildren's lives, I wish that there was some way that somebody could help us, and I'm talking about all the grandparents that I've talked to up and over the years, that they could help us in some way to get some kind of legal footing. But at this point in my life and in that struggle, I'm not seeing anything. I'm just beating my head against a concrete wall. Doing that fight has cost me the very children that I wanted to help and save. I get to see the two little girls. Occasionally, I will get to see them, and they remember me. They know that I'm their granny. Even the one that's not my biological grandchild, she still calls me granny. And I hug her up and I tell her, I love you. I want to see you. I've never forgotten about you. And don't forget about me. As Teresa explained, being a grandparent isn't always easy. Many grandparents in our region feel the role of a missing parent. Although these grandparents take care of the daily well-being of these kids, the grandparents are often left with very few options to pursue legal guardianship of the children. Up next, Austin and Marissa Rutherford tell a story about their mom and papa. People have always told me that I remind them of my papa, just the way I act and carry myself. He was a bigger guy, quiet. My papa never really said much, but he was a very humble and caring person and didn't like for people to go without. He and our grandma would always come to the house to visit us grandkids on their way back from the grocery store. Seemed like they'd always bring us something back when they went to town, but we always wanted one thing, snow cones. Grandma would always say, No, now H, we've been to the grocery store and I'm tired. And Papa would say, Now Betty, if them youngins want snow cones, we'll go get them snow cones. And Grandma would say, No, now H, we ain't got the money. And Papa would say, Well, I, I got some change out in the car. I reckon we'll be alright. So off we went. What was only about a five minute drive felt like eternity for us. Seems like places just take a little longer to get to when people are excited. Papa would always take us on what he called the scenic route. All the way through town. Five or six times even. One more time, Betty. Just, just one more. Now, H, we, we done been through town five or six times. I, I, I know, Betty. Now, I know. Just, just one more time. Well, H, what for? I reckon I might have missed something. Our papa passed away a few years back. We sure do miss him, but he never missed a thing. My mama and papa were characters. My papa was a decorated war veteran. 
I've seen all kinds of little pictures all around of him just playing on tanks with his boys in the in the army and stuff and just hanging out and ever since I've known him I always described him as an old Fonzie. He's just he's just cool. He's just perfect hair, just happens to be a shade of silver. The sweetest man in the world though, you'd think with all the all his background stuff that he'd be crazy or whatever, but actually the one that is crazy is my mamma. She's a sweetheart to me. She loves me more than anything in the world, but anybody else, she looks for reasons to fight them. <laughs> Growing up, she would always like hear fireworks or whatever, and she would, uh, I'll go out there catching my house on fire or something like that. It'd be something crazy like that. And she'd go out and start trouble with the neighbors. She'd go out and try to fight them or whatever. And we, they lived in this uh, little house. It was all pretty much hoarded up with all the things that she'd got from... Uh, yard sales and all those kinds of things and they would never get rid of them ever so it's just my mamma storming through the house mad at the world and everything everybody else was doing on the outside stuff falling off the walls because it was too uh <laughs> it was too crowded to stay up i used to go up there and stay every just about every night every week because my mom always worked night shift and my dad always worked night shift so they never really had anybody to babysit me so this would be about when i was eight years old I went up there one night, and every other night, my papa had been home, and my mamma had been home the same. Well, I went up there one night, and me and my papa was just sitting there watching Andy Griffith, hanging out or whatever, watching, uh, falling asleep around about 11. He gets up, and I notice. I'm about like eight years old at the time, so I wake up, and I'm freaking out. I'm like, where's he going? Well, he starts getting ready for work, and uh, my mamma's wide awake. And I remember sitting there thinking in my little kid mind, oh my God, what in the world is she going to do to me when he's gone? She's going to get into a fight and kill somebody and I'm just going to be sitting here little, being like, oh God. But uh, I went and blocked the door and I started ugly crying so he wouldn't leave. And uh, my mama, I wasn't really paying much attention to her, but apparently it was hurting her feelings pretty bad. But uh, my papa pulled me to the corner and he taught me an important lesson that day. He said... Uh, Sometimes you got to swallow your pride and do things for people that you normally wouldn't do just to make them happy. You know, as long as it doesn't hurt you, which I ended up st I ended up listening to him. And I stayed the night there, and we, me and my mom actually had a really good time, so it all worked out. You just heard Michael Lamberger tell a story about his mom and papa. Seems like we've got a lot of quirky grandparents in this region. Whether they're taking scenic routes or on snow cone adventures or starting fights with neighbors, it's clear that they love their grandkids, and I believe that feeling is mutual. Each day gone most days Always leaving without wanting Just a shadow in the morning And it goes tonight Mama Fox Keep the home of a dream so together at the sea, or at least you tried. Said a lot of Oh, that devil mountain girl.
You Just Heard Caroline, an original song by the Kudzu Killers with Justin Taylor. If you enjoyed that song, make sure to come to their concert on April 23rd at 9pm at the Apple Shop Theater in Whitesburg, Kentucky. This concert will be recorded for an upcoming album. The concert is free and open to the public. Up next, Cassidy Wright Hubbard reads Bring Me the Moon, a scene from Higher Ground 5, Find a Way. This story was inspired by Cassidy and her papa Charles. When I was a little girl, my grandparents and I would huddle up around a campfire in their backyard and roast marshmallows. I remember one night, the moon was full and more gorgeous than I ever remember seeing it before. I ran across the yard towards it, and no matter how far I went, it seemed to be out of my reach. My papa came up behind me, and when I got to the gate at the end of the yard and he asked me what I was doing, I said, Papa, I want the moon. Grab it and hand it down here to me. He looked up to the sky and back down at me and said, Honey, I can't do that for you. One day you'll be able to get it yourself. It's different to be a grandparent. You love them just as much, but you don't have all the responsibility. And you can spoil them and then send them home. You don't have to do all the corrections and all the things like that. You leave that to their parents. You still love them as, just like they were your own child, you know, and try to do for them just like you did for your own children. In my case, a grandparent is more accepting because they don't have to worry as much. It don't change that much. Basically the same thing except for the correction part. Just leave that to their mothers and fathers. As they get older, they're not going to always do what you want them to do, just like they're not going to do what their parents want them to do, but I think you just love them no matter what they do. That was my Granny Kathy and Papa Eddie talking about what it meant to them to be grandparents. My grandparents are definitely my safety net. I've got this special bond with all of them. I know that no matter who I am, I can be that person and they're always going to accept me for that. They're my friends in a special way that I think is really hard to have with your parents. What Granny and Papa said definitely rang true. There have been times I haven't made decisions my parents really agreed with and they were pretty keen to let me know. Granny and Pap never cared. They never questioned it. As long as I was fed and happy, I was just there to be loved. Crying by the phone Mama tried and tried to call Knowing there was no chance at all We'd be going back All her life She thought her man was bulletproof But she heard it on the news The day he died Who said that mountain came on the wild and it brought my daddy down Digging that black magic underground And Caroline 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 Caroline
This is Alexia Alt, producer of this episode of Shoe Buddy, Higher Ground Radio, the Mammon Patbot episode. Over the past decade, Higher Ground has produced five original plays and countless mashups and abridged versions. In each of these plays, there has been a grandparent or elder character. This character often functions as the voice of wisdom, an anchor in the community, and a comfort to the other characters. The plays reflect our region, our families, our community. Producing a play without these characters would be leaving out a valuable part of that community. You heard Teresa Osborne tell about her experience as a grandparent and the role her grandmothers played in shaping her character. I think that's what's so important. No matter who your grandparent is, what they're like, they play a valuable role in forming who you become. Sometimes they function as a parent, like Teresa. Sometimes they function as a friend, like Devin's Papa Eddie. Sometimes they leave you too early and you're left with the memory of a person, a voice on a tape filled with love. But their influence remains, no matter what role they fill in your life. With that in mind, I'd like to dedicate this episode to our grandparents. The grandparents of everyone who works on this show. Without you, we wouldn't be here. Without you, we wouldn't have these stories to tell. Thank you, wherever you are. Shoe Buddy is a project of Higher Ground, a community arts program in Harlan County, Kentucky. Higher Ground is a project of the Appalachian Program at Southeast Kentucky Community and Technical College. Funding for Shoe Buddy and other Higher Ground projects is provided by the National Endowment for the Arts, the Appalachian Regional Commission, and the Robert E. Frazier Foundation. This episode was produced by Alexia All and co-produced by Devin Creech. Additional Shoe Buddy staff includes Austin Rutherford, Marissa Rutherford, and Noah Hughes. Music for this episode included Caroline by the Cudsy Gillers with Justin Taylor. Special thanks to Robert Graff's Appalachian Studies class and Apple Shop staff for their assistance on this episode. Super special thanks to Robert Gopp, Director of the Appalachian Program at SKCTC. For more information on Shoe Buddy and Higher Ground, visit our website, www.HigherGroundInHarlan.com. Shoe Buddy is also now available on iTunes. Just search Shoe Buddy, S-H-E-W-B-U-D-D-Y, in your iTunes store under the podcast section. Told me of a girl out by the ocean with a black magic potion it could turn away just a poor man known for his devotion my father took an ocean and he ran away for that devil mountain girl for a devil mountain
Carolina, 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 Carolina. 